Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going today? It's going well. I got the, uh, I actually considered people are probably going to shake their head at me, but this is one of the few times we're recording Pullback Curtain. It's 4.30 here on Thursday. It's one of the few times I got a big stack of um, all these press box passes that I never use for the Steeler games. Oh, nice. And this is one, and this is one of the few times I could go because I wouldn't be missing other games since they're playing Tennessee tonight. And I decided I'd rather just sit home. Wow. Wow. How about I that? Think, Talk about spoiled. Yeah, right? I think a lot of people would be jealous of that. If it was like with my buds and we tailgated and swung terrible towels, that would be a blast because I haven't done that in 15 years. But it's going to be sitting in the press box next to dudes I like, eating really good food, controlled weather. It wouldn't be so bad, but. I have to put a button up on and khakis and I'm sitting here in my shorts and going to have a beverage or two and watch a story. It's a rough, rough life you lead, man. Brutal. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, we've got a a good guest today. I don't know. Maybe, maybe great. Maybe good. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe just adequate. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, One of my good buddies in the dynasty industry though. uh, And one of my coworkers over at DLF, we've got Nathan Powell. Nathan also is one of the co-hosts of the dynasty trade cast on Rotoviz radio. Nathan, how's it going, man? How's it going guys? This is uh, one of my uh, fantasy lifelong dreams was to come on the podcast, the uh, dynasty blueprint with you guys. Um, like you guys, we share. Um, you need to aim higher in life. Too. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> we, we do share an opening band because we, we have uh, Ty's band as our opener. So I think we we too have like the best openings in the dynasty industry. That's right. Yeah, Oakstone Ashes, Ty, and oh, and those point. guys do a good job. They did a lot of the uh, a lot of the intros for the fantasy pods, including ours, including the trade cast. Yeah, they do an awesome job. Well, guys, it's kind of an interesting point of the season. I think, obviously, at this point, everybody knows what their fantasy teams are as far as contenders or uh, on the outside looking in when it comes to the fantasy playoffs. And uh, depending on your league settings, we're just two or three weeks away from those playoffs. It's really a tough time, I think, a challenging time for valuing different players across the league because it's so, so much team dependent. Even though trade deadlines are coming up in leagues, I think this is maybe the hardest time to get trades done. Some teams are looking to sell those veterans, and it's not always easy to find a buyer. And uh, some of these 
young players who are producing, everybody wants those. And it's hard to pry them away from from their owners. But that's kind of going to be the topic today. And we're going to take a little bit of a different spin on it. You hear a lot about sell high and buy low. We're going to go the opposite way today. We're going to talk about players we would want and we would suggest to buy high, meaning players who have been uh, producing at a high level, gaining dynasty value this season. Uh, but we're, we're still on board with buying those players, maybe before it's too late, maybe before they take the leap into the next tier. And then we'll go the opposite direction. Players who have lost value this season, maybe they've been playing poorly, dealing with injury, something like that, but they've lost dynasty value and we're ready to jump ship before they lose all of that dynasty value. So we'll go through the four positions. Um, we'll try to name one from each category uh, between the three of us and we'll probably have some repeats. We didn't, we didn't exchange notes prior to the show. So uh, there were a few who really stood out to me uh, and, and maybe that'll be the case. Maybe we have some of the same names, but we'll start with the buy high category and we'll start with our guest, Nathan, Nathan, who's a quarterback that you would suggest buying high gaining value this year, but you still, you're still willing to pay that price. Yeah, so often we talk about the the low value of quarterback in one quarterback leagues, but I think it's actually harder to trade a quarterback in a one quarterback league because they don't have value rather than in a super flex league where they do have value. People are less likely to pry them out of their hands. And my buy high, I think it works for both one QB and super flex, and it's Jared Goff. Uh, I'm all about investing in a young quarterback who has shown great improvement in year two and has the weapons that he does in a, in a pretty young offense. So I, I think that that offense, while it, it's explosive scoring like 30 points a game right now, I really don't see it really slowing down unless Goff just plays worse, which he's obviously he's not going to play well enough to score 30 points a game every year, but he's going to be scoring a lot of points over the next few years. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in because Goff was mine as well. I expected some repeats. Um, there were quite a few options, in my opinion, in the in the quarterback category. We've seen some breakout seasons from some of these young quarterbacks, and maybe Matt has one of those guys in mind. But obviously, I think Wentz, Watson, and Dak Prescott are are maybe the first three names, but that might that someone might think of. But it's because of that that I kind of pivoted to golf as my choice. Um, he He's playing well, clearly, but maybe not getting the hype that some of those other players are uh, are receiving. I was looking at some numbers and I actually tweeted this earlier today. Nathan, maybe you saw that and that's why you maybe that's why you made this choice. I don't know. Goff has scored more fantasy points in the past two games than he did his entire rookie season, which included seven games played. So more fantasy points in the past two weeks than he scored the entire season last year. (laughs) Pretty impressive. Uh, In our quarterback or in our dynasty ADP over at DLF, uh, Goff is quarterback 16. That still seems like a value to me. So I'm, I'm on board with buying Goff. I agree with you, Nathan. Matt, which player were you thinking of? Yeah, I thought Goff and Wentz were the obvious ones. If I had to pick one, it'd be Wentz because he is my number one dynasty quarterback, and I still think I'm a little ahead of the curve on that. Uh, I was offered Matt Ryan and two seconds for Wentz yesterday and didn't really even consider it. Um, But another name I wanted to throw out there, though, is Stafford. I think Stafford just keeps getting better and better. Stafford's an interesting one. I I feel like I'm a Stafford supporter. I don't know that he fits this category because I don't I don't really know that he's gained 
value over the season, though he probably should have the way he's played. That's what I mean. It seems like he's gradually getting a little better every time you watch him. Right, both last year and this year. A couple of years ago, it it seemed like and this was maybe even, I don't know, maybe even Calvin Johnson's last year. It seemed like they actually wanted to decrease their their pass volume and the amount of attempts that Stafford was was throwing each each season. And maybe that was the plan, but as as bad as their running game has been, they haven't been able to do that. So um, the volume is still there for Stafford, and uh, he signed that nice new contract. So he's he's here to stay. Uh, he's he's going to be much cheaper, in my opinion, than the the other names we threw out: Watson and Wentz and Agreed. Dak, and probably even cheaper than Goff at this point. Yeah, I would. Agree. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I, I would agree with that on Stafford. I think. When Stafford had Calvin Johnson, there was always the, oh, when Calvin retires, Stafford's going to be terrible. Oh, when Calvin retires, it's going to be terrible. And I'm not saying, like, he's been, like, oh, Super Bowl MVP-type quarterback, but he's been a solid enough fantasy quarterback to be, you know, low-end QB1, high-end QB2 in most formats. Yeah, good point. I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, Stafford may – I feel like Stafford has maybe even put up better fantasy numbers on average without Calvin than he did – with Calvin. So I'm going to check that one. That's a good, uh, good question for the Rotoviz screener or Rotoviz. I don't know. They've, I'm sure they have something over there for that. Rotoviz uh, game splits app. That's it. That's what I'll use. Um, let's go the other direction. We'll stick with quarterbacks, a, a sell low quarterback, a player who's lost value and we're, we're just ready to get out before it's too late. Again, we'll start with Nathan. I will have a bit of a theme with my sellers, at least the first couple. And I'll start with, Matt Ryan, I, I think that, you know, while everyone coming into this offseason was like, okay, the Falcons are going to regress. Matt Ryan is going to regress. He just hasn't played well this season, at least from a fantasy perspective. So I, I think – I'm not saying that he's a terrible quarterback or anything, but I don't think he returns to that 2016-type production. I think that, you know, if you can get – if you can fl- flip Ryan in a piece to get a golf or Ryan in a piece to get a Wentz or Watson – a Dak, and pretty much any of the guys we talked about as buy highs, that'd be a move I try to make. Because while Matt Ryan will still continue to produce fantasy points, his dynasty value will continue to decrease as time goes on as Julio Jones gets older. So I think that Ryan is a guy to worry about uh, the bottom falling out. Yeah, I can see that. It seems like he's just regressed back to what he was before that that season a year ago. And I think really the main thing that has changed is our expectations. Like he, we got a little spoiled with him last season, uh, even though we, uh, like you mentioned, people pretty much knew that wasn't going to happen again. Yet there's still a value loss and still some frustration and complaining about uh, the numbers he's put up. Matt, uh, a, a quarterback that you would sell low, just get away from. Yeah, and real quick on Ryan, I think we'll look back at his career and say, Really nice career, put up long numbers, had a long career. Maybe he's even a Hall of Famer, but 2016 was definitely his high, you know, was was by far his his outlier year. This one's interesting because he's playing tonight in my hometown. I'm running away from Roethlisberger, and I've been saying it in Pittsburgh way before a lot of the other people that cover the Steelers. I think he's shot, man. I mean, I think he is – his lower body issues. I don't think he likes to extend plays. I don't think he likes to get hit anymore. That if you can get anything, and he might have a really good second half of the season because their schedule's really easy, dump him. Might already be too late. Yeah, I considered 
listing Ben as as my cello, but I think it probably is too late. I, I'm not sure that yeah. I'm not sure you could even get a, a decent third rounder for him at this point. In fact, I think he's probably closer to being a drop in some some formats than uh, a, a trade candidate. But yeah, I agree with you. If you can get get something for him, do that. Uh, I went with Drew Brees, uh, kind of the same situation as far as uh, a, a big drop in numbers potentially being close to the end. We've seen reports lately that maybe the Saints are also interested in moving on from him. He's still the quarterback 12 in our dynasty ADP, but his his trade value is clearly down. I looked at a couple of recent trades in the dynasty trade finder, also at DLF. I saw one that I I really liked and that this has to be best case scenario, but uh, trading Breeze for Aaron Rodgers, who of course is out for the season. But if you can Wow. Uh, if you can even add something to Breeze, I would, I would gladly do that for Rogers. I would do that for Luck, and and obviously for a guy like Watson. But if you can give somebody that immediate production, maybe even as disappointing as it is, that would be a trade to explore. Uh, I was looking at Breeze's numbers this season. Only one game inside the top ten fantasy quarterbacks. In, in any week this season last year he had 10 of those so basically 10 top i guess top nine games this year he has one um so just kind of shows uh how far he has dropped and and of course a lot of that is due to the saints kind of turning into a, a run first team with with their two top running backs who are both among the top five or six of fantasy scores this season and Ryan, that might lead us to our running back that we're still buying on. Oh, it might. It might. You never know. <laughs> okay, so that is that'll do it for our quarterbacks. Um, no big surprises there, but in short, I'm I'm not getting scared off of the price uh, for golf or or really any of those young quarterbacks. If if you can get those uh, get those guys for for a reasonable price, go for it and be set for a few years. Uh, we will move on to the running back position though. And Matt, you mentioned it. So we'll, we'll start with you this time, a buy high running back, somebody who's performing and you're still, you're still paying the price. Yeah. And obviously I was alluding to Kamara. I mean, I really think he's a special talent in a great situation. Um, how long is Ingram for this world? I mean, they could certainly see, Next year, or certainly the year after, Kamara's a 75% share of that offense as opposed to 50 or whatever. Uh, maybe they do lose Breeze, though. That would be somewhat detrimental. The other name that came up to me was, was Cook. I still think even though Cook went up and maybe he took a little step back after the injury, I'm a big believer. Yeah, I feel like Cook's actually maintained his value. A lot of times we do talk about buying low on those injured players who are expected to to come back at, at full strength and it's, it's not happening. Savvy dynasty owners are not giving a discount on, on uh, Dalvin cook, but I agree with you. I had Kamara as well. That's probably no surprise. I felt good about my list and, and maybe I'm giving away too many hints here about the players we'll talk about later, but outside of the quarterbacks, I think my, both my buy and sell list looks the same now as it would have in the preseason. These are guys that I was <laughs> guys. I was running away from in the preseason. As far as my sales uh, players, I was advocating to buy and I was buying myself um, on my buy, my buy uh, suggestion. So I had to give myself a little pat on the back. Now the quarterbacks, I was, 
I was not on golf at all and, and didn't see this drop off for Breeze. So no, can't take any credit there, but the rest of these players kind of the same way I saw them in the preseason. Yeah. Kamara was mine. He's running back 15 in our dynasty ADP 44 overall. And I think he'll climb uh, even higher than that. The next time we do that next month, Uh, Nathan, who's your running back? Is it Kamara? It was Kamara. All right. <laughs> I mean, there's there's two things that, that this uh, this segment will will teach all of us that the three of us we value a lot of the same players similarly, and we're all ages. Uh, even if we try and hide it, sometimes just a bunch of ages here on on the Dynasty Blueprint here today. Um, but I will say, unlike Ryan, I was not a fan of Albert Kamara uh, entering the draft process. Even entering the season, I was like, oh yes, he went to the Saints, but you know, plenty of good. I mean, plenty of bad running backs have gone to the Saints and not produced. So. Uh, I wasn't, you know, a huge fan coming in. He, he didn't eclipse 700 rushing yards at all uh, during his college seasons. He was involved in the receiving game, so that, maybe that was some reason to, you know, think this would be a good success. So I, I'm buying high on Kamara because I don't have him anywhere. Uh, so it's very frustrating. Not like Ryan, who probably has a million shares. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a pretty good number, luckily. Um, yeah, Matt, I remember the discussion on on our podcast and many other dynasty podcasts and Twitter and everywhere else was after the big six, who do you take at seven in rookie drafts? And of course that was before the injury. Well, I got that right. I got that right. Ryan. It was Juju Smith-Schuster. So uh, that's that, that would be a good debate um, as far as Juju versus Kamara. But Matt, I remember you and I both advocating for Kamara at that 1.07 spot. And I guess the only thing we missed there is that maybe he should have gone a little higher. And um, of course, we both kind of missed on Kareem Hunt. So we'll, we'll brush that under the rug and, and we'll keep moving. Yeah. But our, I think our listeners should be happy with us that took Kamara per our advice. That's, you know, that's we sent him in the right direction. Yeah. You know, no doubt about it. Hey, real quick, before we take the next step, um, a, a trade just came across my inbox that involved Matt Ryan. And I just wanted to see if you guys think this is pretty decent value. Um, Deshaun Watson and Chris Carson for Matt Ryan and Jordan Howard. Oh, like that's where Ryan's at now. Does that seem logical? I mean, Jordan Howard's a pretty nice piece. I don't. I don't think that trade has much to do with Matt Ryan's dynasty value. It's more of someone seeing Jordan Howard not being impressed with what he did. What he's done so far in 2017, and said, "I really like what I saw from Watson." So I think that the centerpieces of that deal are Watson and Howard, and and the guy, right. the guy who got Ryan was like, "All right, I'll do this deal, but I want Ryan too." So that's where Ryan's fallen. Yeah. That he's you know he was MVP last year and now he's kind of a throw-in. I think I think players like that become throw-ins the bigger the deal is. So Matt Ryan on his own might be a player that a team would target and maybe they give up a second rounder or give up a a, a prospect I don't know to try to solidify their quarterback position for the rest of the season. But the bigger the trade, guys like that become yeah they do become throw-ins. Nathan, are you are you on the Watson side of that deal? No. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm not either. I'm not in any leagues with Matt Williamson. Unfortunately, I need to fix that this offseason. No, but are you? Are you taking? I didn't make the deal. Right. No. Are you taking Watson in that? Oh, deal I'm then? taking Watson. No. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll, I'll I'll try and get something better for Howard if I'm dealing Howard there. Yeah, I think that's right. Would Absolutely. would be too. Uh, all right. What about uh, a sell low running back? A running back uh, who is disappointed, lost some value. And we're ready to move on from Matt. We'll start with you again on this one. These guys be, I mean, their value was so high 
that I'm afraid for both of them, even though they only took one little step back, and that's David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. You know, Bell kind of goes hand-in-hand with Roethlisberger, and I watched Bell against the Colts, and I did not see a great burst. He's on pace to have the second most touches in NFL history this year and has really had an extreme workload. And what if he does come back to the Steelers without Ben or he goes to another team? And then Johnson, I look at, he's definitely going to be a Cardinal, but what if they don't have Larry and Palmer and they still have a bad O-line? Like, their situations might not be wonderful next year. Yeah, I guess I guess Johnson has lost some value with the injury. Um, that, that's fair to say. I'd projecting if he will lose more as you maybe suggest or allude to, or if he can bounce back strong, that's, that's really the question that dynasty owners are facing. And bell, we know has some questions of his own as far as even what team he's going to be playing for next season. You're still pretty confident. He's going to be a stealer though. Right, Matt? I am. But if he really wears down at the end of this year or has another injury or, you know, Ben retires and they got to use that money elsewhere. I don't know that I give him a 75% chance of coming back. Yeah. Okay. Nathan, what about you? Sell low running back. Uh, my sell low running back would be Demonta Freeman. I, I think that pretty much his whole career, people have been saying, Oh, he's going to regress eventually. He's going to regress eventually. And this has finally been the year where he isn't putting up quite the numbers. He's now had the concussion. You know, those are the type of things that can recur and they, you know, decreased nice value greatly just ask Jordan Reed so I think that you know if he suffers like another concussion this year he could be entering like Jordan Reed territory with three four five concussions so I mean he has two right now on record that I know of so I would be trying to deal to Monta Freeman we talked about this on the trade cast I'd be trying to deal him for a guy like Melvin Gordon or Christian McCaffrey or something like that where I get you know a similarly tiered running back just one with without the concussion issues and without the issues of the regressing offense would you in turn be targeting Coleman? Eh, I mean, it depends on the price. Coleman is a guy that if you ask one guy, they'll say he's worth an early first. If you ask another, they'll say he's worth an early second. So if, if I'm talking to the guy that says like late first or early second, I'm fine paying that price. But there are a lot of like Tevin Coleman truthers that'll say, I'm not giving him up for anything less than the 102. So, And and the price just went up on Coleman this week too. So yeah. um, if you believe in him, he fits in that buy high category just – just due to the opportunity he's going to see over the next week or two. Uh, my sell low would be CJ Procise, just <laughs> a guy I've never been a believer in, um, mostly related to his his injury history, if nothing else. I think we all would agree he's he's pretty talented. He's put up some numbers in his in his limited playing time with the, with the Seahawks that he's actually been healthy. He had a couple nice games last season. Uh, I, I tested the limits of the new uh, 280 characters on Twitter the other day when I listed all of the injuries that he's had in his, <laughs> in his two years as, or less than two years even as a, as a Seahawk. And uh, it was, it was a long list and just so frustrating. I mean, you, you hate to see that from any player with any player, but uh it is what it is and it obviously changes their value. So precise to me, I mean, he's had basically two good games his entire career. He's missed way more than that due to injury. Yet some people still, Nathan, like you said, some people are still truthers out there. I, I really don't understand it, but if I can find them in my league, I'm selling precise for a second round or something like that, maybe. Yeah, and it's so tough to find, you know, the difference between a guy who has just had bad luck with injuries over his first couple seasons 
and, and a guy who's just not going to stay healthy. And Precise looks like that guy now. But, you know, entering this offseason, I was thinking, okay, he just had a couple bad injuries uh, in his rookie season. He'll be okay. He's an you know, explosive young running back. But right now it just seems like, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe that he's going to stay on the field when I see it. Yeah, and, and those are the kind of guys I, I really hope I'm wrong on. I mean, I hope he can stay healthy, string together a full season or more, and just show us how good he can be. But at this point, I, I can't trust that that's going to happen. Procise, I actually think, would be their best option. You know, that they don't run the ball well. He's such a good receiver that if they just went spread with three receivers and make him a, as much wide out as running back and don't even try to run the ball conventionally, I think that would be their best bet. But I don't trust him to stay healthy at all. Actually, I don't trust any Seattle running back to stay healthy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's pretty clearly their best bet if everybody's healthy. I just don't know that – I don't know if that's saying very yeah. much. Let's look at the wide receiver position. I'm going to start this one, and it's it's my guy, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he is – <laughs> he is the wide receiver 25 in our ADP over the past month. He is the wide receiver three in fantasy scoring. And over the past two games, he has an equal target share with Antonio Brown. This, this might be, I don't know. This might be the beginning of something, Matt. What are your thoughts on, I always like to get your take on the Steelers guys, the, the whole Juju Bryant. And, and now maybe even we can throw Antonio Brown into that. Yeah, and like I said, it's Thursday at 5 o'clock, so by the time a lot of people listen to this, the the Thursday nighter will already happen. But I think A.B. goes bonkers tonight, and I don't think he's going to decline in any way, shape, or form. But I think it's getting pretty clear that Juju's the number two. He's certainly the preferred slot guy when they go three wide. He's the youngest player in the league. They're really impressed with him. They they really like his blocking. I know that doesn't sound like much, but as often as they run the ball, that's important. And he's stretching the field a lot more than I expected. I, I didn't think – I thought he was more of a Heinz Ward type, but he's making big plays consistently. I've seen a couple of different – or I guess been part of a couple of different conversations over the past week that really um, opened my eyes to how other people are valuing Juju Smith-Schuster – Dwayne Brown, uh, another DLF writer who uh, we've had on here before, Matt, he tweeted out his projections for 2018 ADP, and he had Juju as a second rounder in in startup ADP. So, um, like I said, that just kind of uh, showed me that uh, there's plenty of other people uh, on on this train too now. He has that potential. And, And then I also saw some trade talks where basically the trade was Juju versus the 1.02. And there were people on both side of, sides of that uh, of that debate. So that's kind of how he's being valued now. Um, I think a month ago, you probably could have bought him for a first rounder. That That has definitely changed now. I'm selling him at that price. I think that's too high, to be honest with you. I just don't know. I mean, other than, other than Barkley, obviously. I don't think there's any other rookies in this 2018 class that uh, that I would definitely like to have over them, over him. And once we know landing spots, and once we see, you know, combine numbers and and just more more information, more data on these rookies, then yeah, maybe maybe Geis moves ahead of him or Sutton, or uh, maybe you even see a, a late breakout from one of these other guys. But right now, if we're drafting. If we're throwing Juju in the 2018 draft, I'm taking him second ahead of everybody except for Barkley. Yeah, I, I would be as well. I would value him around that 102. And partly because at this moment, 
Juju still has the time to, you know, continue to score like 20-point PPR games. And if he continues to do that, he'll be a lock for that second round in the startup. Whereas with the 102, if Geis falls to like the late first of the NFL draft or if Sutton or whoever ends up being the wide receiver one falls to the second round, I, I think that, you know, that there's the possibility for Juju being exponentially more valuable than the 102. People know that draft picks rise as they come closer, but players rise as they continue to score points. All right, let me jump in there real quick because the guy I picked for mine, I kind of cheated because he, I think he's about to go up and I'm still buying even though I think the arrow's going up and that's Corey Davis. Do you think there's a conversation between Juju and Davis at this point? No, I'd still rather have Davis. I would by far. It's a conversation for me. Okay. I, I don't think it's not an easy call in, in either direction, but I think we could almost call Davis maybe a, I don't know, maybe a buy low. I don't, I don't think that his value has really dropped too much. That's probably not fair to say. Right. But a buy before it's too late. I could, I could see that if that's what I feel yeah. he is. Yeah. Buy now while you still can. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that was actually a conversation I had on Twitter when he had the touchdown that turned into the fumble through the end zone. I was like, oh, here com- here's comes all the people are going to say you lost your opportunity to buy low on Corey Davis. There never really has been a buy low on Corey Davis because people who drafted him 101 aren't valuing him any less. If anything, the guys who went 102, 103, and Fournette and McCaffrey may have gained value, but Davis hasn't lost value. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Nathan, who's your uh, buy high wide receiver? My buy high wide receiver would be Adam Thielen. I think that this guy has just shown, you know, the abilities of being a star with a very mediocre quarterback in Case Keenum slash Sam Bradford. And I'm not saying that Bridgewater comes in and saves the day for Thielen and makes him even better. But I think that this offense has shown that both Diggs and Thielen are going to be producing points. And more than anything, the the, the shoot up of, of Thielen just dampers my love from, from Treadwell past. So – you know, that, I'm sad about that, but I, I am buying in on Thielen because he still isn't being valued as, like, an elite receiver. I'm not saying he's quite that yet, but, you know, he's scoring elite-type points. So if you can, you know, get those points while it's still, they're still coming, I am willing to pay that price right now. Would you guys rather have Thielen or Diggs? Diggs. Diggs. I would too. But you think it's a conversation now? Yes, I think it's a conversation. Well, I think, Nathan, didn't okay. didn't you guys have the – the topic last week or earlier this week, uh, Thielen versus Keenan Allen. Yeah, it was the, the, uh, Thielen versus Allen. Uh, Eric uh, Bertslaff mm-hmm. and Dan Sanyu and I, all three of us said Keenan, uh, but the vote ended up being like 57% Thielen. Yeah, so clearly gained value, but I, I still see trade questions of like uh, Thielen versus uh, an early second. So I don't know if those, I don't know if those are actually trades that are happening, but you know, I can't believe it, they are. right. It at least goes to show that there are some, there's some doubters out there. And Thielen is another guy that Dwayne Brown included in his second round prediction of a startup draft. So uh, again, goes to show how he's gaining some value. We'll, we'll move forward here, Matt, who's your uh, buy high wide receiver. My buy high was Davis. I kind of cheated on that. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll move on here. Because I think he is growing. All right. We'll move over to the um, sell lows. And Nathan, we'll start with you this time. Uh, Sell low wide receiver. My sell low would be Des Bryant. I I think that this is a guy that over the last couple seasons just hasn't gotten the volume that a top echelon wide receiver should. 
some of that is because of Zeke. Some of that is because they didn't have Tony Romo uh, injured and things like that. But it's, I just don't see it happening. I don't think that the 12, 14 target games are really going to be happening for Dez that, you know, they should if he was in, like, the New Orleans offense or if he was in, the you know, every player to New England offense. You know, in those offenses, maybe he gets 12, 14 targets in a game. But I don't see that in his range of outcomes in Dallas. And, I, you know, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a Cowboy for life. So, uh, you know, I'm selling low on De- uh, De- Dez. I think that you can still get the name value of maybe you can, you know, sell Dez for Diggs. And, you know, you're getting the younger player there. Or Dez for Keenan Allen in a piece. I think that there are a number of ways to sell Dez based on name value. Are you taking any first-rounder for Dez? No, I'd want – I. I think I'd have to have top four. Yeah. Okay. Just want to see how how desperate we are there. Would you trade Dez for like Corey Coleman or Fuller or Parker or like Shepard or somebody like that? For two of those, but not for one. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think I think that's where where his value is. Matt, sell low wide receiver. Who you got? Uh, one more note on Dez before I give you that. I could also see Dallas taking investing pretty heavily in a young pass catcher, either a tight end or receiver and eating into Dez's time. Um, the two receivers I want nothing to do with whose stock has fallen are Benjamin and especially Moncrief. I just, no thanks. Uh, Moncrief was mine. I, I, I've talked about this before and, and other people obviously have as well, just how touchdown dependent he was. I actually had to look this up and see how it compared to past years so last year, 41% of Moncrief's fantasy points came from touchdown scoring. That is the third highest percentage ever for players who caught 30 or more passes. Um, so we had some fluky players who caught one or two or just a handful of passes, and a couple of those were touchdowns. For players catching at least 30 passes in a season, that's the third highest mark ever, 41%. Uh, one of the guys ahead of him, interestingly enough, was Jerry Rice, I think, in 1987. So we don't want to say that's that's a total deal breaker for Moncrief. But he, he's shown that he, he's clearly not going to be a PPR-type scorer where he sees a lot of targets or makes a lot of, uh, makes a lot of catches. Uh, he just has a couple of touchdowns this year. Uh, and, of course, playing without Andrew Luck has has really affected his value. His ADP is down to wide receiver 40, and I think it, it falls even further than that. Uh, he doesn't have a single game inside the top 25 wide receivers in any week this season. Ryan, couldn't you just see him being like, you know, free agent to be and sits on the open market for a while and then signs a one-year deal and we don't hear much from him again? I mean t- – to me, it's kind of a Michael Floyd situation without the off-field issues. Like Michael Floyd, we just had such high hopes for and high expectations, and his his situation kind of got fast-forwarded by the uh, by his off-field issues. But for Moncrief, I think it could just kind of kind of linger, kind of like uh, Nathan mentioned with Dez. I think Moncrief still has some name value. Uh, to some folks, maybe you're you're not getting a first rounder for him, of course, but I, I would take any second rounder at this point and just just move on. Honestly, I want to take a moment here to tell you guys about our buddies at Harry's. Uh, we've mentioned them the last few podcasts. I am a big fan. I used to be an electric razor guy. I have sensitive skin and I shave every day. I never let it really get out of control. And Harry's is fantastic. Uh, so I just want to let you guys know about that. And Harry's is so confident that you're going to love their blades as I am 
they'll give you a, a, their free trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash dynasty. The only thing you have to pay for is shipping, which is very cheap. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price. That is why over 3 million guys, including myself, have switched to Harry's. So here's what you do. You, you claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. It's $13 value for free. Like I said, all you have to do is cover shipping. And your free trial includes a weighted, really nice razor handle, five precision engineer blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover. So you get all that stuff basically for free. All you have to do is cover shipping. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash dynasty right now. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. All right, guys, we'll finish up with the tight end position. This, to me, is one that seemed kind of obvious as far as the buy high and sell low. I think we could see some more agreement between the three of us. Uh, so we'll let we'll let our guest kick off the tight end position. Nathan, who is your buy high tight end? My buy high, and this was uh, one of the more talked about tight end rookie classes that we've seen in recent memory. And my, my buy high is the one that has excelled the most, and that's Evan Ingram. I think that this this guy, you know, it's it's not exactly a bold take to say guy who's having historic tight end rookie year is a guy you want to buy, but it, you know that's the case. You know, he's putting up historic production for the a young rookie, and you know the, the one like drawback would be oh he has Eli who stinks and he has Eli and you know there's no there's no answer for the quarterback position in the future for New York. So I mean that would be the one worry. But I think this guy is good enough that whether it's, you know, Geno Smith or just any other random guy, he's going to put up production year to year. So uh, I'd, I'd be willing to part with, you know, maybe like a mid first for Evan Ingram right now. And I think that most people would take that, you know, unless they just love Ingram as much as I do. Yeah, I think we could even see Ingram going higher than that when it comes to uh, like draft pick trades. He's another guy. I'm, I'm not sure I can make a case for any rookie over him maybe outside of those top two who are probably at this point, probably the running backs. So I could, I could maybe see going as high as 1.3 for Ingram, which even though he was a guy liked through the, through the whole process, it, it's just crazy how he's uh, he's produced so quickly and gained value so quickly. He was, he was my choice as well. I kind of hinted there that I expected some, some agreement on this one. And yeah, just, just a guy I love. He's, he's tied in four in our ADP already. Um, so the question to me is, would you trade a guy like Ertz or Kelsey uh, or even Gronk for Ingram as the main piece coming back? Ertz would be the only one of that list that I would trade straight up for Ingram. So, but it's really close with Kelsey though. Yeah. So Ingram is, is your tight end three in dynasty then? Yeah. Yeah. Matt, you said Ingram was your guy also. Yeah, and the only thing I wanted to expand on, and I think we all agree here, is not only just one more slight concern is not only does Eli stink, and there probably isn't a new guy in town. Although they have Webb, and maybe we see him at the end of the year, but I have no faith in him. But they're going to have a new coach. They're going to have a new system. And Engram is a unique player in mostly a good way. But maybe the new guy doesn't love having a two hundred thirty-five pound tight end. Yeah, I mean. With the quarterback situation around the league, there's a lot of a, a lot of talk. Like, what happens when Ben leaves? What happens when Brady leaves? What happens when Rivers or, or Eli? And 
it's kind of a punchline at this point, but when Eli and McAdoo leave, which one of those is probably happening just any day now and maybe any week now with McAdoo. But when those guys leave, I'm, I'm just not convinced that's a negative for Ingram or for Odell or, or any of these guys. Uh, it's, it's clearly not easy to find a quarterback in the NFL. And Eli has been a very good one for many years, but he's not a very good quarterback right now. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see, what happens next with the Giants? And it, I'm not really worried about how that impacts Ingram or, or Beckham, clearly. All right, Nathan, we'll finish up with the sell low tight end, um, someone you're you're just ready to move off of. My sell low, and this will probably be like the first younger guy we've mentioned on the sell low list, and it's Hunter Henry. I think, think that we th- throughout his career so far, we've had the excuse – Oh, he has Antonio Gates ahead of him. That's why he's not going to produce early on. Oh, it's young tight ends never produce early on. But it's gotten to the point where Gates doesn't really do anything anymore, and that hasn't you know catapulted Henry into being some top five tight end like many people were hoping. When I think he was drafted as like tight end five in like around March, February. So I thought that was a, a bit you know presumptuous of, of drafters, but I I think that you know there's obviously somewhere between the two between like thinking he might be a top five tight end to being like the tight end 18. It meets somewhere in the middle, but I, I do think that I, if I can get out from under him and pretty much get any second, like you've said, oftentimes just get, just get a second for him and, you know, you know, re-roll the dice next year. He's been a player that's been so tough for me to evaluate as far as his dynasty value this season. It has been a big time roller coaster uh, dating back to the end of last last year, like you mentioned, he he did he actually hit tight end four in our ADP at one point, and then there was an overcorrection. People saw that, and there was there was some discussion of, about that on Twitter. I, I do think there was overcorrection down to uh, nearly outside of the top ten, and his even his performances this season have been up and down. We saw him have two games in the first month where he didn't even draw a target in the passing game, so. Yeah, I mean, I can. I think you can make a case for him being a a buy high or a sell low, which is which is just really crazy. But uh, I think he makes some sense there. Uh, Matt, what about your sell low tight end? Yeah, Henry's one of the few ones we've brought up and that, that I don't agree with. I just think there's a lot of talent there, and eventually it'll come around. Tight ends take time. To me, you meant you mentioned Ryan that you thought a lot of us would have the same for both these. And to me, the obvious one's Jordan Reed. That I, I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole. I think he's done. I think he's broke. But two guys whose stock, I mean, Ebron's fell even further. It was never that high. But a year ago, some people liked Rudolph. And I just think he's just a guy. So those are two guys I would also bring up as honorable mentions. Yeah, Reed was mine. He's still tied in seven, still has some name value. Uh, about a month ago, I traded Reed for David Njoku and a third rounder. Uh, which I was pretty happy with. I don't know if you can get that type of trade today after Reed has missed uh, an, another couple games with injury, but he's the player. He's the tight end that, that I'd want to be getting away from. I agree with, I agree with your choices in a way, Matt, um, but it's Ebron's probably another guy that it's too late on. People just, yeah. people just seem to hate, hate, hate Eric. Ebron. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been a disappointment. I wouldn't be surprised to see him dropped in some some leagues with smaller rosters either. Uh, Rudolph, Lions fans even hate him. Yeah, uh, the, they hate him. <laughs> Especially they hate him. Yeah. yeah, they hate him more than the rest of us. <laughs> um, but we, I mean, we saw trade uh, trade rumors with Ebron prior to the draft, and rumors that they would 
they would take OJ Howard or one of these tight ends. So that should have been a signal to, to us kind of uh, even before the season started, how they, how the lions were valuing, valuing Ebron. And that's kind of a whole other topic, but taking, taking those hints from what teams tell us, we saw it with Jay Ajayi uh, and, and maybe even in some ways seeing it now with Jarvis Landry with no extension and reportedly shopped him at the trade deadline as well. So if teams are not valuing their own players that they see every day, maybe that should tell us something. And, and Ebron's a case of that. Rudolph is another one that I can't, I can't figure out. I, I was pretty much sold on him coming into this season and uh, his value just really skyrocketed after that nice, nice year, nice year last year. I think he was the tight end two overall. He's just kind of been an afterthought in that offense as, as we've seen Thielen explode and, and Diggs has been very good when he's been on the field. All right, guys, uh, lots of good information. Nathan, thanks for joining us today. Before we wrap up here, just tell all our listeners where they can find your work. You can find my writing, uh, the Debbie Stock Market. Uh, Ryan's the great head of the Debbie team over at DLF. Debbie Stock Market is a piece I, I produce mostly every week, but sometimes, you know, teaching and life gets the best of me. <laughs> Debbie Stock Market at DLF, uh, Dynasty Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio. That's pretty much it for me uh, these days, but uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This is a lot of fun. 